The first reading this morning is taken from Luke chapter 1, starting at verse 39. Mary visits Elizabeth, and this can be found on page 1026. At that time, Mary got ready and hurried to a town in the hill country of Judea, where she entered Zacharias' home and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leapt in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. In a loud voice, she exclaimed, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the child you will bear. But why am I so favored that the mother of my Lord should come to me? As soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby in my womb leapt for joy. Blessed is she who has believed that the Lord would fulfill his promises to her. Thanks be to God. Continuing on with the next verse, Mary's song. And Mary said, My soul glorifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. From now on, all generations will call me blessed, for the Mighty One has done great things for me. Holy is his name. His mercy extends to those who fear him from generation to generation. He has performed mighty deeds with his arm. He has scattered those who are proud in their inmost thoughts. He has brought down rulers from their thrones, but has lifted up the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things, but has sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel, remembering to be merciful to Abraham and his descendants forever, just as he promised our ancestors. Mary stayed with Elizabeth for about three months and then returned home. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Thank you, readers. Let's pray. So, Father, thank you so much for Mary and for Elizabeth and for using both of them. And, Lord, as we look to them now, I pray, Lord, that we would be encouraged and motivated by these two amazing women of faith. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So, we are heading towards Christmas. And last week we had uh, Rachel Jordan-Wolf giving us a sort of Mary part one. Also, we had a, a songs part one, two, and three a couple of months ago where we looked at songs of old. And now we're looking at songs in the New Testament. Now, as you think about the most loved and respected characters ever in history, and you sort of narrow it down to your five top ones, where's Mary in that top five. I mean, what number does she come in the most loved and respected 
characters in history ever. Mary is a lady who got to see angels. She had the privilege of carrying Jesus in her womb. She was the one who saw Jesus grow up, and as he spoke, she treasured the things that she heard and saw from her son. Mary was able to listen to her son's teaching. Mary saw Jesus on the cross, and as Simeon had predicted in Luke chapter 2, she found that a sword pierced her own soul too, seeing her son dying on the cross. And then she got to see the friends of her son take the good news of Jesus out into the rest of the known world. And news about Jesus and his death for us spread before her eyes. Would you like to have experienced what Mary did? Would you have liked to be in her situation? Would you have responded the way Mary did when the angel came down and told her what was lined up for her in her near future? Would you have had the guts to obey God and therefore experience the blessing that Mary received? In 1998, there's a film that came out called uh, There's Something About Mary. And, and that film had nothing to do with Mary, the mother of Jesus. Uh, it starred Cameron Diaz and Ben Stiller. Um, but the connection is in the title, that in the last 2,000 years, we've been pondering this question of, of, of what's special about Mary. Was she a special case? Was she one of a kind? Was she unique? Because you see, if Mary was some sort of special human being, and we're not, then it means we're off the hook. If we aren't like her, then it means we don't need to follow Jesus in the way that she did. And it means we can return to our comfortable existence. But if Mary was like us, if she was a normal human being like me and you, then it means we are challenged to follow God in the radical obedience that she followed God in. And it means that potentially we're open to the same sort of blessing of God that Mary walked in. So we ask our question, what was so special about Mary? And was she one of a kind? Well, let's remind ourselves of the story. Do you remember what happened? Uh, So we had this uh, young girl. She's probably 13 years old, and she was betrothed to be married to a strapping young man called Joseph. Uh, She was doing her wedding planning, as Rachel told us last week. And lo and behold, wow, she's faced by this gigantic angel who appears towards to her called Gabriel, who's saying to her, don't be afraid. And, uh, And he blesses her. He greets her. And I love Mary because she doesn't come across all emotional. She's slightly nerdy. Uh, And she challenges the angel. She's like, what kind of blessing is, what kind of greeting is that? And so then this angel tells her what's in store for her, that she is going to bear the Son of God. 
And she gets all sciencey on the angel again. She's like, but I'm a virgin, so this isn't possible. I, I, I know the stories about the birds and the bees and how these things happen. Um, so scientifically, angel, this isn't possible. And Gabriel sets her to right and tells her that God can make it possible. But then Gabriel tells her something interesting. He tells her that her relative Elizabeth is also pregnant in her sixth month of pregnancy. And by the end of this little speech of the angel, Mary says, um, she says to us uh, that, she says, um, may the, sorry, may the word of the Lord be to be fulfilled. And then the angel leaves. And the word that's fulfilled of this angel of Gabriel is more than just what's happening in Mary, but it's what's happening inside Elizabeth. And so obedience for Mary looks like making a crazy journey. And it's a journey into the hill country, which is about 80 to 100 miles and would have taken her three or four days of solid walking. And did you notice that she does it at that time? So she picks up her bags and very quickly she heads off into the hill country. And then she finds her relative Elizabeth and when Elizabeth hears Mary's greeting the baby that's John the Baptist leaps inside Mary's womb and Elizabeth just sprouts out in the prophetic speaking over Mary and blessing her and then Mary responds in this most incredible song that's gone down through the ages and we call it the Magnificat. She says, my soul glorifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. And she just spills out in verse that has been stored up in her as she's read through the Psalms of old, as she knows Hannah's song. And it all just comes out in a new way as the Holy Spirit leads her and directs her. And it's an incredible story. It's absolutely amazing. And let's have a look in the story and and sort of just analyze the bits and pieces that we find out about Mary, because this is the vast majority of what we know about her, in fact. And let's see if any bits and pieces about Mary we find out could be unique to her and not to us. So first of all, uh, verse 46 47. She says, My soul glorifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Saviour, for he has been mindful of the humble state of his servants. From now on, all generations will call me blessed. So, at the beginning, we could find out that she is someone who calls God her Saviour. Is that unique? No, if we're Christians today, if we're believing in Christ, then we also call God our Savior. We know that we are people who were saved in Christ as he died on that cross for us and took our sin and our punishment and everything that causes us separation from God the Father, he took on us, and therefore we are saved in him. We are also people who can call God our Savior. So as Paul says in Romans 10 verse 13, Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. So we as well can call God our Savior like Mary did. But then 
she goes on, for he has been mindful of the humble state of his servants. The next thing that people point to is Mary's incredible humility, they say. She is, she's got a humility that is one of a kind, is the suggestion. But in fact, that's a slightly awkward reading of this text because something else is coming in here. It's not a humility, but it's a humble state. Naturally, it's, it's her lowly state. Uh, she, she's, she's saying, I'm someone who's at the bottom of the pile, not at the top of the pile, and yet God chose me. She's someone who's saying she is not worthy. And in fact, we see a similar thing in, in verse 52, where we find out God has brought down the rulers from their thrones, but has lifted up the humble God lifts up those who are lowly, and he brings down those who are on high. Yes, she, she might have been humble, but this, this passage points to her humble state, her lowly state. And in Mary being lowly, we find out that God is mighty, and he is great. So Paul in 1 Corinthians says, God chose the weak things of the world to shame the strong, God chose the lowly things of this world and the despised things, the things that are not, to nullify the things that are, so that no one may boast before him. That's what Mary is telling us of herself in this, that she is lowly and how great a God she has, that he uses people even like her. And then, tagged on to the end of verse 48, we find out that she calls herself a servant of the Lord. Does that make her unique? Well, have a look down at verse 54. Who else is called a servant? Uh, We find out he has helped his servant Israel, remembering to be merciful. Throughout the Bible, we find people who are servants of God. In fact, the whole people of God, the whole of Israel is called God's servants in the book of Isaiah, where there are four servant songs. And so Mary calling herself a servant is taking Israel, taking God's people upon herself and saying, I am God's people. I'm one of God's people. And in fact, in verse 43, Elizabeth calls herself a servant. Uh, she, she says of Mary, Mary is, is the mother of my Lord, what, that the mother of my Lord should come to me. Uh, if she's calling Jesus her Lord, then she is saying that she is Jesus' servant. So she isn't unique, Mary isn't unique in calling uh, herself a servant. But then we've got this question of the incredible blessing. Uh, she's called blessed. So Verse um, 48, uh, from now on all generations will call me blessed, we find. Um, As well as in verse 45, where Elizabeth says, blessed is she who believes that the Lord would fulfill his promises to her. Is this it? Uh, Is this blessedness what makes her special? Well, we need to ask the question, what is blessed? What does it mean to be blessed by God? It means to be favored by God. And 
have a look at verse 43. There's someone else who's favored by God. Uh, Elizabeth says, but why am I so favored that the mother of my Lord should come to me? Why am I so blessed, Elizabeth says, that the mother of my Lord should come to me? Yes, there's, there's definitely special favor for Mary that she gets to carry Jesus, uh, and she gets a very special role in that way. But others are called blessed, and, and my question for you is, if you as a Christian who believing in Christ aren't carrying the Spirit of Christ in you, then who are you carrying? You see, as we put our faith in Jesus Christ and the work that he did for us on the cross, the reason why he came to this earth, we put our trust in him. We have the Holy Spirit, we have the Spirit of Christ who comes and lives in us and dwells in us forever. We get to carry Christ in us, if you will, in the same way that Mary does. And therefore, we get to walk in that incredible blessing that Mary had. So let's carry on. Is there anything else that could make Mary unique? Well, verse 45, we find out that she receives promises from God. Blessed is he who has believed that the Lord would fulfill his promises to her. But there are others, too, who receive promises from God. Verse 55 to Abraham and his descendants forever, just as he promised our ancestors. Mary, in this passage, gets to embody Israel, if you like. And we're told in Genesis 18, 18, uh, where God says, Abraham will surely become great and, and a powerful nation, and all nations on earth will be blessed through him. God's people are called to be a blessing, not just for themselves, but to all nations. And as Paul writes in Romans 10, verse 12, for there is no difference between Jew and Gentile, the same Lord of all richly blesses all who call on him. So they're promises of God that have been kept by God's people and in fact, therefore, you and me, therefore, all of us. So, so Mary uh, is lowly. She's a servant of God, she calls herself. She's blessed, and she receives promises of God. But it seems like none of these make her especially unique and different. She's not a, a demigod. She's not one who is born on another planet. Rather, she is a human being uh, like you and me. And in fact, in all of this, in this whole uh, song that she has, Mary points away from herself and she points towards the mighty acts of God over and over again. His power, his dunamis. This is a God of dynamite who she believes in. And it's also worth pondering, as Jesus tells us in John, or John tells us, uh, in John chapter 1, verse 3, that all things were created through Jesus. Without him, nothing was made that has been made. Have you ever pondered that Jesus as a baby in Mary's womb is being housed in someone 
who he created. Isn't that amazing? Mary was created by Jesus, and yet God, through his power, uses Mary to birth Jesus into this world. So here's my question, which comes next, is how ought we to cast Mary? How ought we to see her as a character in the Bible? And my answer for this, my suggestion, which I'm going to hand out to you today, is that we see her as as a disciple of Jesus. In fact, the first, or one of the first disciples of Jesus. You see, in this reading, we've, we've got this incredible play where Elizabeth and Mary take on the role of John the Baptist and Jesus. And so Elizabeth comes out with this prophecy, which is how John the Baptist is going to walk out in front of Jesus. And because John the Baptist is going to repair the way, he leaps in Elizabeth's womb when he encounters um, Jesus uh, in, in Mary. And Mary, like Jesus, is going to, to receive the, the blessing. So Jesus walks out. So, sorry, so Mary accepts the blessing of Elizabeth. And as Jesus is going to spend his days on earth making disciples, I think we find the first disciples being made in this place, in Zachariah's house. So let's have a look at it a little bit. Uh, Verse 39, we find uh, that Mary, who has heard the call from the angel, uh, obeys what's been given her. Dietrich Bonhoeffer, the the German theologian, uh, speaking on on Mark chapter 2, the calling of Levi and the other disciples, says, the call goes forth, and at once it is followed by the response of obedience. The call goes forth, and at once it is followed by the response of obedience. The response, this is vital, the response of the disciples is an act of obedience, not a confession of faith in Jesus. Jesus' disciples stand and obey. They leave their nets, and they go and follow Jesus. They get up from their tax booths, and they go and follow Jesus. There's an action of obedience that is associated with them rather than a confession of faith. And I'll put it to you, that's exactly what Mary does. She hears the angel, she gets up, and she walks 80 to 100 miles into the hill country where she knows Elizabeth will be. And then she believes. Uh, Verse 48, Elizabeth says, Blessed is she who has believed that the Lord would fulfill his promises to her. And this is, this is in the third person. This, is, this isn't directly associated with Mary, but it could actually be for anyone. Blessed is anyone who has believed that the Lord would fulfill their promises to them. If we're looking for blessing, then that's where we walk in the way of obedience. Disciples believe and obey, and that's what Mary does too. In verse 47 and 48, as we've said, she calls Jesus, or she calls God her saviour. Disciples know God as their saviour, and they know God 
as their Lord, and we see that of Mary. And there's a fascinating thing in this Gospel of Luke, that therefore Luke starts his Gospel with a blessing bestowed on Mary, and he ends his Gospel with a blessing bestowed on his disciples. Uh, So Luke 24, verse 50, we find that when he, that's Jesus, led them out into the vicinity of Bethany, he lifted his hands, Jesus lifted his hands, and he blessed the disciples. This is just before the ascension. So Jesus ends the gospel by blessing his disciples. And I'd put it to you that he starts the gospel by blessing one of his first disciples, his first followers, by blessing Mary. And so just as John the Baptist was performing his prophetic ministry right from the womb, and God doesn't differentiate between born and unborn human beings, we know that. As John the Baptist was performing his prophetic ministry from the womb through his mother, so I think we find Jesus is performing his ministry of making disciples, even of his mother, and from the womb. The philosopher, theologian Dallas Willard says, so often in the West we get caught in terms of what we call ourselves in the church. He says sometimes we create these three categories, which we don't see in the Bible distinctly, of Christians. You believe in God as your saviour. And then if you sort of reach some sort of level of maturity, then you turn into a disciple, someone who calls Jesus Lord and follows Jesus in that way. And then maybe you reach some other point of maturity and you want to become a disciple maker, and so you turn into a worker. And, and that's sometimes how we treat ourselves in the church. Dallas Willard says, that's just not true. We just don't see that anywhere in the Bible. Jesus came to make disciples, those who would follow him and live for him. Disciples are disciple makers. Disciples are those who call Jesus both Lord and Savior. Disciples are those who are apprentices of Jesus, who follow him. So we might turn to us and ask, will we choose to follow the amazing example of discipleship? Incredible example of following that Mary gives us, and therefore open ourselves to walking in the same blessing. Will you, as a church and as individuals, listen and obey? Not just listen academically, but listen practically and walk in what we find Jesus teaching us through his word and by his spirit. There's a lovely story from um, a home group in a church that I used to be part of where a new guy joined the home group, and he seemed very excited and enthusiastic. But then he just didn't rock up for three or four weeks, and the home group wondered what had happened to this bloke. Anyway, when he came back again, uh, the home group leader said to him, whatever his name was, Joe, uh, we really missed you for the last couple of weeks. Why haven't you been with us? We thought you were committed to being part of us. And he said, 
I didn't want to come back until I'd put into action what I learned here the first time. It's so often really easy to get bogged down by learning and learning and learning and taking on uh, lots of theoretical understanding about Jesus. But let's be a people who walk in that understanding. Let's be obedient. Let's listen and obey. Let's be a people who believe the promises that God has given us. Don't you love that, how Mary acted so quickly on the promises and darted off to Elizabeth? Have you searched the Bible for promises? Are you someone who spends time daily in the word and absorbs what God has promised us and then says, Lord, I see this promise in your word. Let this be true for me, hanging on to what he's passed on to us. Do you know the promises of God? Let's be a people who know them and believe the promises. Have you made Jesus your Lord as well as your Savior? Are you someone who knows that they're a servant of God? And so when God says, go and do this thing, as you find it in your word, you're told by the Holy Spirit, you go and do it. You hand everything over to him. Do you know that servants are people who don't say, I can't do that. It's amazing how often in the church uh, there's a, a call that goes out and, and the response back is, I, I just can't do that. I'm not that kind of person. Have you ever heard a servant saying that to a master? Servants might say to their master, Look, I don't think I've got the skills, but can you help me to do what you've asked me to do? Let's be those who know Jesus as our Lord as well as our Savior. And let's be those who make disciples for Christ. Let's be those who go out to the nations with this incredible blessing that the Lord has given us of a relationship with him and show everyone what's on offer for them. See, we, we might boil Mary's blessing down to the, the privilege of carrying Jesus. But we, as disciples of Jesus, walk around with the Spirit of Jesus in us, the Holy Spirit in us. And so my hope for this morning is that we won't walk away simply in awe of Mary, because I don't think... That is why the story has been given to us, but rather in awe of a God who could use someone like Mary and therefore know that he might even use us for great things if we're open to that. Let's pray.